What's up, you guys? It's your host, Michael Swoboda, and this is the Average Alaskan Podcast, the show where we cover the good, the bad, and the ugly of Alaskan outdoors and life here in Alaska. Like always, joined by the one, the only, Mr. Sean Love. What's up, guys? Best co-host in the game, and it's just us two running today. No guest. No guest. But it'd be like that sometimes. Life's busy. Things are cruising. It's uh, officially summertime for sure now. Full tilt, man. Yep. Black Bear season's kind of come and gone. We yeah. still got we still got tags in the pocket, but everything's kind of greened up, and you know, life got busy. And man, life got busy. Let me tell you, every day is just full tilt. Even on the weekends, you're like, ah, I'm booked three weekends out already. <laughs> <Right>. Shit. <laughs> no kidding. Well, and people try to come up during the summer. You know. If, distant relatives coming and you know my grandparents are here and you want to try to spend time with them and then you're working and then you're just like wow you're all strung out and yeah oh yeah no it's a it's a hassle uh just heads up guys if you hear any weird background noise uh we've got some chickens with us today i don't think they're coming up on the mics right now but if you hear the in the background we've got a uh, some uh what's a medium-sized chicken called uh oh shoot i know a juvenile no juvenile they uh, chick. Son of a gun. A chiquito? <laughs> chiquito I think banana. that was racist. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck. Pull it. Pull it. Ah, yes. Pull it. Yeah, got it. Got it. Notch one that in there for the avian community. Well, let me tell you, I've been seeing a lot of crane babies. Lots mm. of crane babies. Working down at Pogwarts, we're down there by the, uh, I guess it's like a wetland refuge down there by Beluga, going all the way to the ocean. You see lots of crane babies. I have my binoculars in my car. I sit there on my lunch break, just out there looking at them. I'm pretty sure I ran one over with my mower the other day. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. They are chilling in the grass. They lay down, gone. Even on a fresh cut lawn, gone. Right, just. Oops. Lots of ducklings. Lots of ducklings. So it's that time of year. Oh yeah, no. Every uh, we just watched uh, on the way here. Had a traffic jam, a mama and a couple calves in the road, and seeing a bunch of moose. It's they're starting to move out of town, not nearly as much as a couple weeks ago, mm. but shoot, saw a real nice. I don't, I don't know if I posted it on the Instagram or not, but a real nice bull when we were up fishing at the reservoir a couple nights ago. He was yeah. shoot, he was probably closing on thirty inches already. He's he's gonna be a dandy. He's gonna be real nice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he needs to just keep lingering around by the house. I was like, shoot, we had. Uh, what? What's that? La- no, two nights ago, the two bears came and checked out the house. Could have filled a couple tags there, real quick and dirty in the driveway at one in the morning. But we had uh, I didn't follow my normal due diligence of leaving the trash out for three days, and I left it out for four days. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the old trash pandas came a looking and but caught them in time and. Shoot them. Shoot them off. Go get yeah. Go Kinda get out of here. Spooked me at first because I thought there was only one. I could hear him out of the bedroom window. And I was like, hmm. Looked out, and he was climbing the tree right there by the living room window. And I was like, hmm. Watched him for a little bit. Took some pictures, some video. And I was like, I should go shoot him off. And mm-hmm. went out, opened the door. And there was one, like, right by the stairs. Like, four <laughs> feet. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, but they, they skedaddled. And. Got off into the timber. One of them was a decent bear. They were both smaller bears, but uh, they were probably four or five year old bears. And one had a he. One was kind of lanky, 
thin thin hide. He'd been rubbed out real bad. Uh, but the other one was still real primed out, bigger body. It was a good looking bear. Within forty yards. Oh, I had, shoot, inside forty yards. I had I had my pistol on him at like six. <laughs> no, they were in the. The one nicer bear got out of Dodge as soon as I opened the door, but the uh, lankier, rubbed out one just stood there at broadside. No care. Five, six yards. And I've been hanging out around the dump, not scared of people. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't Jordan's birthday and she didn't, because I woke her up before I went, because she was asleep and she was in bed, I woke her up because I didn't want to, you know, freak her out by, you know, hollering. (laughs) Exactly. She, I was like, hey, babe, I got to go scare a couple bears off. Like, uh, I just don't want you to freak out. <laughs> She's half asleep. She's like, please don't kill it. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, fine. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning and all strung up in the garage. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> hey, babe, I know for your birthday you wanted to uh, process meat, so. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> exactly. No, but it's cool seeing them. I'll probably post that up on the Instagram uh, tomorrow, maybe. For the people, it's been a lot of critters out about. Almost hit that porcupine on the way here, <laughs> right next to your house. <laughs> Smoke them! Like, whoa, get out of uh, here! Oh, did uh, I don't think we told you we were. Um, it was shoot day before Jordan's birthday, three days ago, something like that. But um, uh, we saw lynx across the road out uh, by Old Sterling. Drove out, leaving uh, Jordan's family's little barbecue. Just crossed the highway there, just a. Big old tomcat running across Dude. the road. Not often do you see him. No, that's only the second one I've seen. That was Jordan's first one. She's been living here her whole life, and that's the first link she ever saw. Him. Wow. Yeah, she was super stoked. She was like, oh, my God. Not often. They will let you see them. Yep. Exactly. See them across the road. They're like mountain lions, you know. You get real lucky to see them every once in a while. Yeah. And they're, when you see them out there doing their thing, you're just like, whoa, you're fast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're badass animals. No. What have you been up to this week? Work. <laughs> yep. Working, choring. Uh, I did a lot of planting. Ooh, planting the garden. Go. Yeah, I got my potatoes planted. Got about. Oh, yeah, we're still waiting for ours to get eyes. We got a couple. They're starting to get eyes, and we need to fill our potato towers and stuff, get them ready to rock. We got some peppers coming in pretty heavy now. Yeah, I was in there looking at them. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Jordan's been putting in some work. Yeah. You guys' peppers look good. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of messed up. We got a late start because I overwatered them. Kind of mold. That's why all the petals are all brown, like brown spotted uh, and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's all a bouncing act. You know, yeah. it really is, especially when it comes to, like tomatoes and peppers and things like that. They're kind of a greenhouse plant here in Alaska. Mm, yeah, oh, in yeah. Oklahoma, you just plant shit in the ground; <laughs> it just grows. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're definitely a greenhouse, and it's easy to overwater here, especially in the greenhouse where it's nice and humid and mm. hot. Because my greenhouse, you know. Easily 95, 100 degrees on a warm day. Yeah. So, Do y'all have a smoking. fan set up in y'all's or no? <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> I had a fan set up. <laughs> no, I just had it hokified. Just a box fan sitting there until yeah. it rained. Yeah. <laughs> it no yeah. longer have a fan in there. <laughs> no, we got lucky with ours. We got the, you know, the, t- or the temperature, uh, Little timer deal, the oh, automatic yeah, thermostat. Oh, yeah. side. There we go. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big word I couldn't say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, got the thermostat set up. We've got a second fan in there, and I don't even know what that one. Well, we never really use that one. Probably an intake fan and an exhaust. Yeah, probably an intake fan and an exhaust fan. Yeah. Well, the other one was it was. Uh, 
like aftermarket placed in there. It doesn't have the like the wall through ventilation. It almost looks like it was set up to have like a little water mister in there, like to mm. raise the humidity in there. But I don't know. But we don't use it. It's covered circulation in fan. <laughs> right? Yeah, no kidding. So no, uh, it's been crazy. You know, we were down in town doing fire hydrant PMIs, servicing them and stuff. We had a porcupine right behind us. We're like, what's that sound? What is happening? And there's a batch of alders in the fence behind it. I was like, not a moose. You know, we ain't got to worry about it. It's mm. not going to be a bear or a moose because there's not a lot of distance between me and the fence, probably eight feet. I was like, not going to worry about it. Running the front, freaking uh, the wrench, opening it up, closing it. And there's whoosh, 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 whoosh. I was like, whoa. It's way closer than I thought it was. And now about two, three feet behind me, this porcupine's all puffed up. Starts walking up behind me. He's like, oh, oh, <laughs> hey, hey <laughs> you're <buddy>. good. <laughs> I'm going to walk over here for a minute and you, you do your thing. No, they're funny. They, they're squirrely animals. There's, and it, I don't know what, I don't know what brings them to town this time of year. I don't know if it's kind of their mating season or what they're doing. Cause it's like between like mid June to late July. They're just out and about. You'll see them all over the side of the road, you know, road killed, unfortunately, and whatnot. But you don't see them, like, dead on the side of the road any other time of the year. But, like, from mid-June or even, uh, yeah, usually mid-June to end of July, um, they're just everywhere. I don't know yeah. what they're doing, but they're they're cool animals. Doing their porcupine thing, like, man. <laughs> right? They're just vibing. I heard they're really good to eat. Really? Yeah. Probably a pain in the ass to clean, but... <laughs> Pokey. <laughs> exactly. It's like how do you how do you skin a sea urchin? <laughs> Throw it at a wall. Yeah. Wait till it starts breaking. <laughs> no. I'd love to test that theory someday. All right. I'd be getting, we get some big ones too. Some like 30, 40 pounders. Honkers, like, dude. Put them on a spit, just do the whole thing. Chef's touch. Chef's touch. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nothing, nothing much new here. We just greenhouse still rocking. We got the chicken. Chickens are growing up pretty big now. They're freaking. They're getting up there. They're almost ready for outside. We set up the. You helped set up the chicken run going. I still got a little bit of chicken wire to finish up on it, but we're getting there. Before you got here, I came in here, turned on everything, and I was like, hmm. Grab some of those mealworms out of the box. <laughs> I was like feeding them by hand. Yeah, <laughs> they're getting active. Like they're not scared of people anymore. We were trying to, when they were little, we tried to handle them a lot so they'd be mm. cool with people. And now they're, I mean, they just get rambunctious, run around, they'll come down. And it's like, wow, wow, people got the claw. <laughs> the claw. It's coming down, the claw. <laughs> exactly. They're cool. They're fun. And they've been trying to fly out of the, their little pen we built them now and stuff. And which is, I mean, that's. But those are four foot by or four by, six. four by yeah four by six pieces of duroc, and I mean they're getting up there. They're 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 probably ready. We could probably put them outside here in about a week. Mm-hmm. They usually call for I think four to five weeks before you put them out. I think they'll be four this weekend, four weeks old. Perfect so. timing. Mm-hmm. No, and I'll actually have time getting this next week off, and it's gonna be. It'd be so nice. About time I got a vacation. <laughs> it's been a hot minute. It'll be yeah. fun. Gonna get some fishing done. We're oh, going. I'm stoked. This is. I was thinking about it on my drive today. This will be my first ever guided freshwater fishing trip. I just. I've that only makes the two of us. Right. I've yeah. met like, you know. I've always just everything's been DIY. I mean, even saltwater fish. I've only guided fishing trips. I think I've only done like three, four in my life, and they've all been for billfish. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so no, I'm excited. This will be because well, we're doing a float trip for Reds because they just closed all the kings on the oh, peninsula. We'll get into some hot gosh. Right. So, oh, 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 let's 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 bump that back for a minute. I don't want to get too riled up quite yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no! But so we're gonna go slay some sockeye. Hopefully, doing gonna drift the seal off. So that'll be a fun trip, and then. Uh, me and Jordan and my buddy Kneebone, shout out to Brandon Kneebone, coming up. First of my college friends to come visit Alaska. Congratulations. We're going to have a blast. But we're going to go try and catch some halibut and rockfish um, next Thursday, so a week from tomorrow, which will be pretty sweet. That'll be fun. That'll be my first halibut trip. That'll be my first time fishing halibut with someone other than me and my dad like <laughs> i was also because i was like man it's because we're both you know for people who don't know me and my dad are both saltwater fishing guides here in alaska targeting all saltwater species but primarily halibut salmon and rockfish and lincoln during the open seasons um and we have never fished halibut with anybody other than myself and the old man, like with our boat hey, and stuff, and it's just like problem to have. right. No, and it's just, I was saying, I was like, man, I was like, how do I learn how to do this? Where we, I was like, where do we get good at this? this how do we is, get good at this? This might be weird. <laughs> but no, the old man's got some experience. You know, old commercial fisherman with halibut, and I mean, shoot, we've been, you know, running the guide operation for over ten years now, and it's man, hoping to hoping to add another boat to the fleet here soon, and That'd be so cool. freaking double trouble, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, but no kings. Yeah. So for anybody that's unaware, uh, we have salmon runs in Alaska, and we have what five species of salmon: pink chum, uh, coho, sockeye, and chinook. Um, and our king numbers, unfortunately, over the last mm, five to ten years, have been on a pretty steady decline. The rest of the salmon. You know, they come and go, you know, they kind of ebb and flow with their populations, but the king salmon have kind of been on just a steady, you know, decline, unfortunately. And we've had a lot of regulation around it over the last couple seasons. And as of midnight tonight, or no, I think it was, I think today was the first official closure day. Yeah, because I know the emergency order came out for the 15th, 6.15. Midnight of the 15th. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so no more king fishing for all of South Central Alaska, which is super unfortunate. They're amazing fish to target. I mean, you know, you've drifted in the or, you know, run in the Kenai. You know, they still get 80-pound kings out of that thing, and that is just oh, right. <laughs> and it's just, you know, and I was mainly, I mean, I'm bummed in the popular, you know, the issue with the fishery in general, but... um. That was going to be my first, you know, guided king trip. I was stoked. You know, the Kisilof, it's all hatchery kings, but still, they're just, it's fun to get on them. Wanted to get my buddy one. I wanted you to get one. Um, but now, you know, we'll go, we'll go bully some reds. That's always fun. You know, that's something we do ourselves all the time on the river. Uh, so that's, you know, nothing new to us, but it's always, you know, any time on the water is a good time on the water, you know, yeah. and not having to, you know, we don't got to do none of the work. We just show up. <laughs> like, hey, you got the boat ready. Cool. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. One bummer is uh, we're supposed to be there at 5 a.m. and we've got a two-hour drive to get there, so we're going to be uh, night riding a bit. But <laughs> No problem. Going to go to work at midnight. <laughs> yeah. Be prepared. Yeah. 
No, yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, Sean worked a full day today, and now he clocks back in. Here we are recording right now. It is 9.30 p.m. currently, and uh, Sean has work at 12, so that's a bummer. Bringing the people water. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Freshest. Crystal clear, Alaska-fed puddle water. (laughs) (laughs) It is puddle water. (laughs) Technically, yes. (laughs) Technically, it's a very large puddle that gives us water. Yeah. Crazy process. But they get. I think it is the only place you could fish on the South Central is the fishing hole. Is I think the only place that's you left could, open. Yeah, you can retain kings because yeah. it's salt water technically. Yep. Because you can't. Salt water's closed. Lower Cook Inlet completely. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't even look at that. Really? Yep. Huh? That's crazy. Was because that they want to close for the river guides? So like the only thing, the only fair thing to do is close for the guys on the ocean. Can I steal one of those? Thank you. Sorry, sidetrack. But that's I'm, I'm not shocked because we've watched these numbers. When I worked at high school seafoods, you see numbers, you know, because until they hit their escapement. escapement goals, they couldn't fish. The commercial guys didn't fish. And so it'd be really late, getting late, late in the year, late June, early July, by the time they hit their escapement goals, and those guys would fish one. Two, three days, those set netters up on like the K Beach area. Mm-hmm. That's it for the whole year. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of back and forth about between the the guides and the commercial guides. And oh, there's it's it's political up here. We don't get too political up here in Alaska, but when it comes to our fish, unreal. Uh, end of the day, fuck the trawlers. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you got the river guides who target you know king mm-hmm. salmon, red salmon. And then you got your saltwater guides who are out mm-hmm. there right in front of the mouth, you know, yeah. where they're hanging out. Because you, just because a king doesn't go up that river, they're going to go up a good ways into the mouth. Be like, mm, this isn't where I live, mm-hmm. and go back out. Yeah, stage up in the mouth. And, no, and it's tough. They've got a gauntlet to get through because, I mean, it pretty much starts way offshore, you know, outside of in international waters. You've got, you know, Japanese fleet out there, American fleet. You know, you catch a lot of bypro- you know, bycatch. Mm-hmm. When you're dragging or trawling or any of those fisheries, and then they get in close, you got beach set netters, you got drift gill netters, you've got, you know, saners, you've got then the, you know, just recreational guys, you got the river guides, you've got, you know, bears. Well, um, friggin', what's what's a big bird with the white head? The American eagle, <laughs> American bald fucking eagle. America. Um, but man, they've got a gauntlet, and it just it's tough on them. And plus, you know, they're the biggest of the species. You know, generally, larger animals are of all species naturally are always the first to be impacted by any eco- or uh, ecological. Sorry, guys. Came from softball. Had a few too many uh, beer league drinks. Um, I get but, it. Uh, <laughs> it's me every you time. Know, any ecological change, any you know environmental changes, it's going to in fact impact your bigger animals first. Same in the water, and those big kings are just they're taking it on the nose, and it's just unfortunate. I was even you know before we hopped on scrolling through some Facebook fishing groups and stuff, and there's just a bunch of people, you know, in the in the comments getting after it because people are out dip netting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the closure came out saying, you know, hey, guys, tomorrow we're closing it. And, you know, somebody went out dip netting. They caught over 100 reds and caught and retained four really nice kings. And, you know, more power to them, completely legal, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm going to stay out of that, you know, good or bad, whatever. Everybody's allowed to have an opinion. But God 
damn, did the comments have opinions? <laughs> no, Fuck they yeah. were. Oh. And, you know, it's just, it's tough because, you know, that resource is for us. A lot of us up here depend on it for food in the winter. You know, it's filler free or freezer filling season right now. And I'm never going to hold it against anybody for retur- retaining their one personal king they're allowed a year. But it's like they're closing it for a reason. Numbers are down. Is that, you know, if you don't keep it, does that fish go on and spawn and make more? Does somebody else catch it? Does it die when you release it? You know, there's tons of factors okay. going into it. And it just, you know, it just sucks because they are truly one of the, you know, they're the king of the river, man. They're they're famous. They made oh, the state famous, you know, yeah. the big old king salmon. Everybody loves them. Everybody wants them. You want a freaking 80-pound king on your wall. That's That's the pinnacle. You know, of river fishing, but you know, I just, I just hope our kids, you know, that generation, they're, you know, their kids, they yeah. still have a chance to go out and chase them. But you never know, you know, there's all kinds of freaking factors. The world, shoot, we could have World War Three. Jesus, Michael Allen, <laughs> World War Three start tomorrow. You never know. Like we could, none of us could be fishing here in a week. You oh, never know. Geez, but. Yeah, <laughs> I want to fish till I die. So I hope <laughs> we'll be fishing next week. <laughs> right. No kidding. But, but you see a lot of that. And conservation now will help us then. You know, is it too late? Who knows? You know, because they've been, you've seen this downtrend for a long time here in the Cook Inlet and especially here in the peninsula. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of that. But here in the Anchor River, last year they were open a weekend. Did it? You I don't that, even think two it. Two weekends, if that. Did Was it open a single I think it might have been open a weekend, but then the emergency orders are slammed on so tight that good yeah. luck. No, that's like I haven't fished at Anchor, which is our home river, in yeah. like maybe four years. Like it just, you know, get busy. I usually try and make it for opening day, you know, go down there at midnight and just get a line wet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, been busy last couple of years. And like we said, we've had last three years probably combined three weeks of king salmon fishing. And it's yeah. just, man, it's tough. And, you know, little conspiracy theory on my end. Uh, they they knew this closure was coming. I think they wanted to squeeze some uh, king stamps out of some people. <laughs> Is it a conspiracy theory? <laughs> that was me being polite to ADF and G. But uh, <laughs> it's ten bucks. I'll donate ten bucks. I'm not. Sure. I'm not sweating it. But sure. it was like, hmm. <laughs> they saw this coming. Two years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's be real. <laughs> They're like the state is bankrupt and we're gonna we're gonna take that ten dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Not look back. <laughs> take it out my PFD. You're right. <laughs> oh, they're already gonna Yeah. I wonder what's gonna happen to that this year. Have well, you heard any estimates on what they're I believe we're getting half plus a what do you call it? An energy stiphon from what I know. So half would be you know, it's the largest PFD ever. You know, half would be twenty five hundred bucks plus a thirteen hundred dollar. When you say half, are you saying half of what they're half of the amount it should be? Oh yeah, yes. half of the full, so fifty percent. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's what it is. Don't call me on it. Oh, but sure. I, I never, I never count on that money. Anyways, for the longest time, the state screwed me out of it like two years in a row. My college yeah. screwed me out of it one year, and you know, luckily. You know, it, I feel for the people who, because a lot of people depend on it, especially big families. Like, if you have a, for those of you who aren't familiar, the kind of famous myth of getting paid to live in Alaska uh, is true to an extent. It's uh, called the uh, permanent, fund, permanent Fund Dividend, uh, which is basically they take uh, tax revenue, reinvest it, take the uh, profits from the investments, distribute it evenly between all residents. 
and that's what your check is. Usually a thousand bucks to fifteen hundred bucks. Kind of ebbs and flows between like seven fifty to fifteen hundred. Uh, but dude, I mean, we were in a super bullish market the last five years, and we've had massive PFDs. But our state has a general fund, and then the permanent fund. Permanent fund is so used to be untouchable by the government, other than to distribute to the people of Alaska. And they amended that a couple of years back mm-hmm. and got their dirty little government fingers and all our shit now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and every year they kind of, they'll be like, oh, it's going to be $2,500 this year. And then by the time it actually gets sent out, it's like $1,200. <laughs> it's real sus because all that money that they've been scrolling away is still there. Yeah. It's, it's not should spent. be going to fix my fucking yep. road to it's my house. It's not spent. <laughs> it's still there. It is in the account. Yeah. They just haven't spent on it. They've just been sitting on it. Like, hmm, suspicious activity. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Well, this year they had a, their meeting, which was like, you know, I'm not surprised. It's not surprised it went this way. <laughs> they had their meeting. They were going to vote on it. Postponed it. Uh, and they, they tried to pool a bunch of stuff together to kind of gray, muddy up the water. Instead of voting on just the PFD, they try to add, you know, stuff about abortion onto it. It's like $30 million towards abortion and all this other stuff that it's a very controversial topic now. And they're not voting on just the PFD separately. Well, they never do that. Even like you saw that with the Build Back Better plan and, you know, our, you know, national politics. Where it's like you could actually get parts of that bill signed easily bipartisan, but they want to wrap it into an $80 trillion bill and Mm -hmm. then it just, you know, it gets picked apart to where nothing gets done, and then we're just sitting here paying taxes, bailing out other countries, and doing whatever. But hey, fuck the government. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big government kind of guy in the first <laughs> right. place. That's why you live in Alaska, right? Yeah, You're like, I don't want anybody working to mess with my fucking asshole. <laughs> hey, it's a job. You think I they want... got good benefits? You think I want this job? <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. But no, it's it's tough. I just. Somebody needs to be held accountable. I just wish there'd be like true audits to things. Like even, you know, whether you support it, don't support it, like the forty billion that we sent to Ukraine, and it's like that like cool and all. Support the Ukrainian cause, all for it. But like, hey, we got some fucking problems here too. Like, and it's we have no idea where that money went. Like we just it was just like, here's forty billion. Have fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, here in Alaska, it's so easy to sweep under the rug. And they talk about, you know, you hear the ads about dark money and outside interest. Outside interest, in my opinion, I think is a real thing. You, know, you got guys coming out of Seattle and, you know, name it, California. Oh, well, you can see that, like, in the, like, for a smaller, like, Alaska portion, like, the halibut uh, quotas and stuff, that's federally maintained because mm-hmm. it's a shared, so it's base. it's a conglomerate between the Canadian fishery and the U.S. fishery. And so it's an international uh, committee, but there's six voting members, five of which are commercial guys, and one of which is sport fishing. And you can guess which way the votes always go for any quota allocations and stuff. And I support, you know, all commercial fishing for the most part. There's some fisheries that I'm like, "Mm, they could be regulated better or, you know, changed a bit. But, you know, it just sucks when you see, you know, we used to be able to catch two fish any size. And now we're down to one fish, any size, one fish under 28 inches. And it just, I mean, it's tough from, you know, a charter perspective, you know, being a guide and stuff. It's, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to book clients 
to, you know, it's, it's hard to justify the price when you're only allowed one fish that'll actually, you know, add meat to the freezer. Cause a 28, a 28 inch fish, you're probably pulling four pounds of edible meat off of good chicken and a 60 pound fit, you know, a, what you would call like a good size halibut, anything 50 plus you're bringing, I mean, one of those fish will add up to 20, 28 inches. Yeah. And it's just, it's tough. Cause you used to be able to go out, go catch two 80 pound fish. You'll fill your, you know, freezer for the winter. Easy. Two fish, one fishing trip done for 350 bucks. You've got, I mean, if you do the math, shoot, price of halibut right now is probably like $24 a pound, if not more, probably more with inflation. Let's say 25 to make it easy math. You get 100 pounds of that on a, you know, edible, edible meat, 100 pounds, you catch two good fish, two 60 pounders, you're taking home 100 pounds of edible meat. That's $2,500 market price fish. You paid for the entire boat just in those two fish. Yeah. But now it's, you know, and plus those fish don't hang out in the same area. Like you, you know, you've got, say, four hours of fishing, you know, accounting for your travel time back and forth to the harbor and stuff. You have like four to six hours of fishing. You either kind of have to be like, all right, guys, do you want to try and go catch some big fish or get your limit? Because that's kind of your choice. Farm. Yep. Hit the chicken hole and then go try and find some big butts. And it just it just makes the whole fishery a little more challenging. And shoot, with fuel prices right now, it's you can't justify running around everywhere because I mean you can't you can't keep the boat operational at that point. Like, well, yeah. Then you run to the the political line. Well, I wouldn't even say political. The it's conservation versus your means of earning money. Mm-hmm. That's your livelihood right there. And you talk to a lot of, you know, commercial guys and that's their livelihood is commercial fishing. Mm-hmm. And when it gets, you know, muddied up with conservation and politics, it's, it makes a really gray area and people are extremely divided. You think left and right is bad. Try the fisheries. Try the fisheries. <laughs> Holy, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah, it's a topic that no one wants to talk about, no one wants to bring up because it's going to cause a bar fight. Oh yeah, a screaming match. No. And it, I mean, and it's very similar to you know like national politics. It's you know it's like bringing up abortion or bringing up uh, gun rights. It's just like it's a very people are you know divided. They've got their heels dug in, yeah. and you know I like to think I have a pretty nuanced look at it because I mean my dad, his first you know. First job up here in Alaska was long line halibut. Mm-hmm. They had a long line in boat and they commercial fished halibut. Now he, you know, recreationally fishes halibut, you know, running our charter company. And it's, you know, so we try and look at it from both sides. But it's just, you know, it's, it's tough hard. when it always, you know, when that, when it's, it's always hard. fall in one direction, it's just like, God. And at that point, where does conservation fit in? Mm-hmm. That's the hard part is because you have to make both parties happy, the sport fishers and the commercial fishers. And then somehow conservation has to rule over both. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest part because you can't satisfy everyone and satisfy conservation. Yeah. And I think my biggest, my, the thing that drives me nuts the most, because we have for both recreational fisheries and commercial fisheries, there's essentially nurse, nurse, nursery mm-hmm. uh, areas where it's completely off limits, but they're exempt to the trawling fleet. Which they're targeting, you know, midwater, pollock, rockfish, stuff like that. You know, kind of your, what all your imitation crab is, all your, you know, fast food fish sandwiches. That's what's made out of those. 
but they they can trawl through you know all those nursery zones and they're allowed a kind of ridiculous amount of bycatch and they can still sell that halibut they can you know they're the only ones allowed to touch that ground and it's like if you're going to have a zone like a de- designated you know you can't fish here this is to help the population of the halibut but you're going to let the most destructive fishery access to that area it's just it's tough, and it's kind of it's the equivalent, in my opinion, to like strip mining, but of the ocean. What well, do you think things like that would be black and white? You know, you think you'd see that and be like, "Oh, that's it, done deal." You know, bad. But I had an, a conversation with a former trawler when I worked over at Icicle. Almost got beat up by an old man. <laughs> Talking to him, I was like, "Yeah, you know, you think you'd they would you know look down upon that, and they you'd, you'd start to phase that out just for conservation mm-hmm. aspect." And he's like, no way. And he told me what the bycatch he had on the boat. And he's like, if you got a good skipper, you're not going to get that much bycatch. You're going to know where your fish are, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I never seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, I. that's one of those other things. It's a very political topic. And I don't know. He was very pro-trawler. Because mm-hmm. then look at this way. How much of the world's food comes from trawlers how much of the world's food comes from commercial fishermen no and that's a tough thing because the trawling industry like they there was a huge lawsuit i think it was probably four or five years ago now but there was a massive uh what they call you know fisher processor you know they catch the fish they process the fish they're giant boat that basically does it all and it's ready to go to market by the time that boat you know touches dock again and they're trying to implement i believe it was a one cent per pound uh tax on like the trawling fleet and there's just so much money in it they took it to court they fought it you know through millions and millions if not uh, probably close to the b word and billions on there uh to fight it and they won and over you know a one cent tax that would have you know produced a ton of you know tax revenue but you know they've got the money to play that game and it's just you know it's like big private money same thing you know that's what runs wall street and they're always going to win cuz they you know they stimulate 80% of the economic growth in a lot of the situations and so you know there is a big reason why you know they do exist like you said they feed shoot i mean alaska produces we're the number one salmon producer in the world and you know, it's got to go out. Same with all the Pollock. Same with all. You know, it's just it's a it's a you know it's a tough tough thing to deal with, and it's impossible to get accurate fish count numbers. We discovered like two percent of the ocean. Like we have no clue what's going on down there, and it's you know kind of an impossible task to you know think about all your correctly. fast food fish. Comes from trawlers mm-hmm. more than likely. Oh, and I all mean, your fast food fish. I I I'm just. Big enough part of the problem. I love shroomy or whatever the artificial crab is. Oh, yeah. Used to hate it growing up, but it's a super, super cheap, high in protein. I eat it as a snack all the time as like a little protein snack. And I mean, that's 100% Pollock for the most part, which I mean, 100% catch, catch all the fucking Pollock out there. Like not all of them, but uh, you know. You know what I mean? Just, you know, it's tough when you bring up a, you know, bring up your catch and you got a bunch of crab in there, halibut, king salmon, silver salmon, stuff like that, bycatch. You know, it happens, but, you know. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of first-hand experience on it, which makes it hard, you know, talking about it. But at the same time, it still affects there's, you. There's a lot of talk about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's one of those, you gotta, you know, you can't, you don't, the key is you don't want to fight it once it gets bad. Like, you want to fix it before it becomes an issue, mm-hmm. but it's tough, because when things are good, when, you know, 
make hay while the sun shines hey. and make your money. But, you know, there has to be some regulation here and there. And, like, Alaska does a good job of their regulation for the most part. But it's just anytime you get into the fishing realm, like I said, the ocean's just hard to manage. We know very little on it. And... We don't know all the factors. It's tough because even if we regulate it well, you go out to the 200-mile mark, you know, into international waters, and the foreign fleet just, I mean, that's devastate. everywhere. Like they, they, Especially when you have Chinese coming over, and they devastate. Mm-hmm. They, don't have, they don't abide by the same regulations we do. Mm-hmm. Russia is completely independent, too, and they, you know, they completely, once when the Alaska crab fleet, you kind of taught the Russians how to crab fish, they completely decimated their fishery basically overnight. Like within a handful of years, there was just no crab in Russia because they were like, oh, we, we're good at this and we have a lot of crab and we're just going to catch them all. And they did. <laughs> and now, I mean, the king crab population has kind of migrated back into Russian waters now. Um, and it just, it's it's tough because, you know, if you're effective at it and it's mismanaged, it can go away real fast. Not everyone abides by the same rules we do. Yep. But you know, if they did, it'd be a different story. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just, you know, that's where you get real squirrely. International politics, that's a whole different kind of crapshoot. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you talk about the one cent and being a guy who I am, I'm not a huge, pro-large, super big government kind of guy. And I think of one cent's. I'd, you're going to tax it either way. When they take that money home, they're going to get taxed. Mm-hmm. So you're getting taxed on the dock. You're getting taxed at your pocketbook. You're going to be taxed every step of the way. I don't want to be taxed. <laughs> I don't want to see that one cent tax. Not because it's one cent. One cent, okay, mm-hmm. bleh, you know, whatever. Adds up. Yeah, but I don't I don't want... Is, at what point is it an overreach is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I, that. your fingers get in my pocketbook... Mm. Every step of the way at the fuel pump, at the grocery store, every single step of the way, where am I going to get cut a break? You know, what is overreaching at that point? No. I don't know. No, it's it's a tough one. Oh. So international, I couldn't fucking imagine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't even like the Chinese, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll let Nancy, Nancy deal with that. Yeah. Oh, Miss Pelosi. People that wear bigger <laughs> pants than I do. <laughs> she wears bigger pants than all of us. <laughs> Fuck skin suit <laughs> <laughs> lizard lady <laughs> her eyes closed sideways i've seen it on youtube <laughs> oh god but yeah you can get into some real muddy water and get make some not friendly people at the bar <laughs> don't yeah. talk about it at the bar and we have the king salmon derby which is a huge deal for homer mm-hmm. you know we have people come down from everywhere for the king salmon derby we have people from, from all of the united states come fish king salmon they come fish the Kenai. They want to catch a king salmon. You know, you want to catch your... It's not going to happen. No, not this year. <laughs> we had the Nanil chick for two weekends and youth season, and that's all hatchery. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much subsistence. You know, you could fish bait yep. for a while, and I think the an emergency order came out when everything else dropped out. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some stuff we can catch. Uh, no shit. Seward's popping off right now. If you've got a chance, uh, go down to Seward. It's open for saltwater snagging for reds. They're absolutely destroying them down right there. Um, it is combat fishing. I've never fished that fishery myself, but uh, you know, I've got plenty of people that do. Uh, our good buddy Tanner just got done fishing down there. He yeah. Big shout-out to Tanner Anderson. Came up to Alaska, got his first ever black bear. Uh 
got a nice sow, and then went and spent his other uh, time catching fish and enjoying Alaska. Good on you, brother. Love to see it. Keep sending us your pictures, man. But, um, no, so if you got a chance, go uh, go hit that. Uh, the Reds should be, I mean, they're running in the Kasilov right now. We'll be fishing them. Um, what day is that again? Saturday. And we'll be flipping for them. So for those of y'all who don't know, it's kind of a legal way to snag red salmon. They don't bite anything once they touch the river. It's easy. It's not snag. It's it's flossing. Flossing. Fancy snagging. Um, Catching with finesse. Exactly. So uh, you're basically working the shoreline, throwing weight up. So... Your rigging setup is basically you got a main line running down to there's all kinds of different ways to rig it up, but the way I personally rig mine up, uh main line running down to a three way swivel where you throw your weight about midway up on your leader and then anywhere from four to seven foot of free floating leader line with a single hook with either a bead, some yarn. It has to be a you know, it has to be a lure, it can't be a open hook. You can get away with what I do is I run a, you know, secret time, um, run an egg loop, which is a type of fishing knot. Google it if you don't know. Super handy up here in Alaska. You can use it, you know, just about for anything. But um, you just run your egg loop, let you slip. It's designed to hold clusters of eggs, but throw some yarn in there. Makes it legal. Gives it some color. Every once in a while, you'll get a stupid rainbow that'll come up and bite it thinking it's an egg or something. But... Um, Anyways, so you've got your weight about, say, five foot above your hook. You throw it upstream. Uh, you know, if you're looking at, like, a, if you're facing perpendicular to the river, you're throwing it, you know, 45 degrees upstream. You want to feel your weight kind of trickling down the bottom, kind of bouncing. You don't want it dragging the bottom. You're going to snag up and lose a ton of tackle. Um, but kind of bouncing or lap. Bouncing along the bottom, you do a full swing, and at the end of your, you know, drift, effectively, you can give a big old hook set. And what's happening is those red salmon are running real close to the shoreline, and they swim with their mouth open. And so, if you imagine, you know, the fish is going upstream, your weight's going downstream. And you've got that free floating leader catches in the corner of their mouth as they swim upstream, and your weight swims downstream. That hook lands right in the corner of their mouth big hooks hook set and then you know you're fighting your fish and for me still one of my favorite fisheries i love it pound for pound i mean i've gotten to chase blue marlin rooster fish you know white sturgeon all kind you know i've been very blessed gotten to fish a ton of different fisheries and i think pound for pound you throw like a seven weight fly rod with one of those setups they're fun fish man they jump out of the water they get acrobatic it's it's a good time i got a lot of red salmon i caught my biggest one last year and it's just Give you the fizz. Oh, yeah. You catch time. a big buck, especially on the Kenai. You'll yeah, catch, I mean, good-sized reds. And, oh, man, they're they're my favorite eating salmon. A lot of people like kings and reds. Red's a little oilier, a little richer. It's better for smoking. And I just personally, I, I'd take a red over a king just about any day. And they are just phenomenal. Yeah. Shout out, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taught me the T-shirt. If you run out of yarn, rip a piece of your T-shirt off, tie it onto the hook. Oh, yeah. No, I'll take even blades of grass, leaves. Yeah. I mean, it just has to be something to make. It can, It just can't be a bear hook. A lot of people run beads uh, on their leader. I don't necessarily like that because I think it bumps it out of the corner of their mouth often. I don't think you get the good float. You know, just, you just mm. a little bit little bit of air trapped in there. Mm. Gets a good float in the water. Mm. Yeah. Uh-oh. 
So I'm a big Science. big proponent of big proponent of yarn or grass blades, whatever works. Usually, yeah. I won't even take any yarn. I'll keep some yarn in my bag, but I like to just scour the shoreline. Use some somebody who leaves some trash on the beach. I'm like, I'll use that as a use Thank that as a lure. You. Wind up some string, stuff it in my pocket, throw it away at the end of the day. But free. Free lure. Like yeah, I'm all about free. The dirty four-letter word. Yep, a free one-cent lure. Gotta love it. Yeah. You will find hooks up there. Yeah. Pick up on your way up the river. <laughs> right, exactly. You'll find, pull, you'll make your money's worth. No. So you won't earn gas money. Not these days, but. Fuck no. You'll find a lot of lead, and it's well worth it. Yeah. I saw your old man uh, posting a picture and uh, then commented about the gas prices they're filling up. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Mr. Sean Love and his family opened a whale watching tour, glacier viewing business out of Seward this year. This is the first year the old Darby's Darby, the Darby's Darby. running, and um, you know he was commenting about the you know filling up after their trip and you know some nine hundred thousand dollars and it's man it's getting steep. I think we topped off after our last bear trip and it was like twenty two hundred bucks and oh. like, oh god right it's just. They could just spend half the money I earned just <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's tough, and you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it hasn't gone up this week, so that's that's a plus. It's holding steady. Diesel's holding steady at six seventeen. Oh, Gas. What what's un what's unleaded regular right now? I think it's like five eighty or something oh, like that. Right? Fucking god. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. I do you want to talk about it? It just hurts my brain, dude. I just want to freak out a little bit. Yeah. On lighter news, uh, my Stone Glacier uh, Chill Coop bag finally came in. I'm picking that up this weekend. Let's go. Boing. New gear review coming soon for you guys. Going to be running the Chill Coop 15 degree. Uh, what is their treated? I don't know what their name for theirs super down or whatever it is but they're treated water resilient down <laughs> but water resilient <laughs> all right hope it i would dude i was so skeptical skeptical of going the down route with my bag i love down puppies down everything but you get your sleeping bag wet and you're fucked but um stone glaciers done a pretty good job with their kind of hydrophobic down and Gonna give it a run for its money. Super light, super packable. All the reviews have been great on it. You know, every super other guide I've packable, talked to. Super packable, dude. It gets, like, just bigger than an algae. Yeah. It's impressive for a fucking sleeping bag. Yeah. Especially Shit. a 15-degree rated one. I I was thinking about going with a zero, but I usually sleep in layers anyway. You're gonna sweat your balls Exactly. <laughs> I was like... Yeah. I'm even, the 15 is going to be toasty come sheep season, especially throw that in a bivy with a good sleeping pad. I'm going to be roasty. Yeah, but. sleeping pad. I saw they came out with their quilt. I did, yeah, they just yeah. released that, what is it, 32 degree quilt mm-hmm. or something like that? That will be a good all-around bag, especially you if you're feel a warm sleeper. about a quilt? I think they're, su- I, I think they've got great utility in certain, honestly, all the, uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> here we go. Because, uh, I don't know, I get in the weeds with all the specifics on it. My, I think it honestly comes down to personal preference. You're going to lose some heat with a quilt a little bit. You know, it's not enclosed. It's not a mummy bag. You know, if you're tossing and turning in the night, you know, might come open on you, whatnot. But that's only an issue if you're in real extreme weather. I think, for the most part, if you're running a quilt, you understand that. You recognize that, and you're going to use it appropriately. I think quilts are great three-season bags for sure, especially, like, if I'm hunting Colorado, if I'm hunting 
Idaho. Like if I'm, I'm if I'm hunting a fairly mild weather state, something that I know is not going to get too bone chilling on me. Uh, I'd have no issue running it. I like the idea of having more space, running it kind of like a blanket. You definitely, I think it's way, way better option for like summer camping and stuff. You just, a lot more airflow, stuff like that. But when it comes down to if, am I going to trust it for three months in the mountains using nonstop? I'm going to just hedge my bets and go with a mummy bag. I've got a little more utility with it. I can dry clothes out with it, you know, use use my body heat for stuff a little better. But, you know, I've never personally used a quilt, so I'm kind of, you know, just talking out of my ass anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But I just think, honestly, it comes down to personal preference. If mummy bags make you a little claustrophobic, try quilts out. If you don't like it, resell it. Like, you'll be solid. And yeah. plus, you can never have too much gear when it comes to outdoors. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> But um, you, you you think about pulling the trigger on one? Or yeah, what? I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. I was like, well, think you've been it. eyeballing quilts for a hot for minute. Sure. Now. Well, if you think about it, the R value, you're going to crush all your material. All your R value is lost, and that's why you have a sleeping pad. That's why a sleeping pad exists. You're crushing in your sleeping bag. You're crushing all that filler underneath you. So it is. It still has value. Yes, I get that. It's not, not gonna. It's yeah. not gonna have what that value of the stuff on top of you has. Mm-hmm. It's you flat down, you know, or flat synthetic, whatever you're using. There's no value there. It's all value in your pad. So really, if you have a quilt that won't, it has like straps on the back and straps to your pad, and you won't roll out from under it or get too mm-hmm. breezy or whatever. I don't see why not because you're not. I don't think you're gonna lose that much between the sleeping bag underneath you and the pad. And versus the quilt straight to the pad. Mm. I mean, you are going to be sleeping on your pad. Meh. <laughs> but, and you won't roll off your pad. Yeah. No, they definitely. Bungees. Like, I've got nothing against them by any means. I just, for me, it's just hard to justify with the stuff that like I personally do. And I just, I need to get my hands on one, honestly. Just run it for a while. And then I could give a better, you know, rundown on See them. See if but. I buy one. I'll let you use it. Ooh. And then you let me use yours. Hey, I'm, I'm getting there. We go. As long as you don't fart in your bag all night. I'm gassy. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if y'all picked it up on the mic earlier, but I was, uh, uh. oh, goodness gracious. But yeah, no, I'd be all for doing a little switcheroo on some gear. That'd be, be fun. I'd like to, I need to do some good old YouTubing, get yeah. some people I with it. I gotta buy a new tent. Really? I want to buy a new tent. Yeah, there you go. What you looking at? Well, I love your fucking MSR, dude. <laughs> I, I I love it. It's, it's so nice going together, pretty light. Not the most best pack tight kind of ultra light tent, but you know, for a three person tent, and I'm gonna be taking Samantha, we're going to ADAC mm-hmm. and we're gonna be spiked out the whole time for the most part. And so take a tarp, tent, and she's like, Well, I want a three person tent, which I get. I understand with a little bit extra elbow room. Because some two pads and a two-person tent. Some two-person tents aren't truly two-person yeah. tents. They're like one fat guy and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, facts. I don't know. MSR does a pretty good job. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't be bashful about what I, what I should do is before y'all go on that trip, just borrow my MSR mother hubba, try it out for a while. Because, like, because me and you have used it. You know how much oh, yeah. room's in there. Dude, Honestly, awesome. like... That three person is great. I'd look into their two person though. Their hubba hubba, 
I think that's because I think it packs down. I think pack weight on the Hubba Hub is like three pounds, this is 10 ounces. I'm not 100% on that. Um, but it's it's reasonable and they're God, they're pretty slick. I mean, that three person, we had oodles of room in there. And I mean, they've got the dual vestibules, they've got the little cross, uh, you know, three season plus little crossbar snow support and stuff. They're freaking nice. I I love my MSR. That's that's a good tent, man. It's you can't go wrong with it. Well, we're gonna be spiked out, and what I, if I'm gonna spend at least a day and a half, two days in there? Yeah, no doubt. You're in ADAC during the you know fall time, end of summer, fall. There's a good chance you're gonna get some weather. It's gonna be fucking foggy get, and yeah. fucking wet. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll find like an old bunker or something. <laughs> we crawl up in it. Got a tarp. We'll be good to go. Oh yeah, no, y'all be solid. But yeah, those MSRs, they're freaking, they're bomb proof. I I've I've loved it. I'm excited to really give that tarp a good test of its, you know, for sure. Money It'd be nice, but get some waterproofing. Have you been into um, a local store here in town called Eagle Enterprise? Uh, I haven't been in it for a while, but that we use them for like our Mustang suits and all that for the boat. Dude, they've got some really cool shit in there. Okay. They've got like um, the sealer tarp sealer. They've got all yeah, outdoor edge nice. knives. They've got tons of cool survival stuff in there. Mm. It's worth going in there and looking. They've got different kinds of swing blades, all the Havilons. Yeah. They've got huh. cool shit in there. I yeah. was quite impressed. Because yeah, I, I haven't been in there in a couple of years now because anytime we're getting like our survival suits uh, uh, reserted and all that stuff or any type of, you know, we used to, I think they used to do um, survival raft inspections and stuff. And yep. we, you know, anytime we need new, new flare kits and stuff, we go to them. But yeah, I've never. Never looked at any of their, like, outdoor gear and stuff. Yeah, they got some cool stuff in there. They carry darn tough socks. They carry all the nice Haley Hansen. Oh, like, nice. I went in there and got a safety vest the other day, and they've got some nice stuff. Nice. Worth yep. going there and looking. Yeah, I went into uh, Nomar the other day to go use my Dude. gift card. Didn't use my gift card. Still got it. But they've, got, they've ramped up their actual gear stuff a bit. So I want to get one of the lighter weight Gale Force jackets. Mm-hmm. And Shit, I'll just get use it for work, dude. This thing is awesome. They're relatively they're water resistant, relatively. Mm. You know, you're not gonna go swimming in it mm-hmm. by any means. But I love those fucking pants. <laughs> Shout out, Nomar. <laughs> right? Oh, they got good stuff. Yeah, if you're ever in Homer and you need some like really cool custom badass like fishing gear, like when it comes up, when I say fishing gear, like fishing clothing, as in kind of custom design commercial fishing stuff, it can be used for anything. But if you do like cold water fishing, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, the Northeast, and you're ever in Homer, go check that store out because they've got it's you know, you're gonna p- pay top dollar for it, but it's top quality. They make it in house, 100% sewn in the United States, in Homer, Alaska, and they make some badass, bulletproof, freaking. Dude, Clothing. if you buy it there, they repair it for free, yep. which is awesome. And you could take, if you have a button missing off your car hard or a zipper, broken. they'll switch it out right there. No problem. They've got a little seamstress right there at the front desk and just psh, psh, done. And they remodeled here recently. It looks great on the inside. Yeah. They do like the gun socks, the yeah, water floating cases and stuff. Sweet. I'm going to get a couple for my shotgun. There Dude. No. Yeah. Duck hunting is going to be unreal. No, they make they make some quality stuff. So yeah, definitely go check them out if you're here in Homer. Uh, super friendly people. They do boat canvases, upholstery stuff too. Oh yeah, custom upholstery, dude. Yeah, they'll do the canvas for your boat, the seats, name it, floating seats. Yeah, they they've got it going on in there. Yeah, but if you need some badass, even like for ice fishing, like you need a like neoprene, anything. They've 
They've got you for they'll hook you up. Dude, the padded gale forces, padded knees and the padded butt. I didn't see they didn't have those when I went and looked. They had uh like the zipper up leg ones, the it was they almost look like chainsaw pants, you know, mm. like chaps. Yeah. Um and I don't think that I need to see the gale force ones you have again cuz that's I was looking for them cuz yours just have the like my fleece all the way down. Fle- I've got a pair that's fleece all the way down. I want to get a pair of the padded ones. Not I, I, I see. I thought you had the padded one. I yeah. I'm not. Jack's got a pair of the padded ones. Yeah. He found a freaking Salvation Army. Yeah, that's what you say, dude. Two hundred fifty dollars sweatpants. <laughs> it's gone through every fishing season it's been on. Oh, he takes yeah. them everywhere. Wears them all the time. They're yeah. so nice, and they will fix them for free. Yeah. Don't wear them around the campfire, <laughs> <laughs> but they will fix them for free, which is awesome. Yeah. So especially having someone local that's willing to do that for you, and having a seamstress there. Mm-hmm. Good seam. Good seamstresses, yeah, too. they're amazing. And Shout seam, out no more. Seam men, seamen, seamsters, <laughs> seamsters, seamsters. <laughs> but no. yeah, very cool. Oh yeah, you got your eye on any other gear for the before ADAC? <sighs> so going to ADAC, I'm gonna have to find some kind of fuel for my stove. I don't know if they have that. This is one of those logistical nightmares <laughs> that I have. Like what the fuck am I gonna do? Um, I don't know if I have to go white gas, like strictly propane, the little green cans. Like, mm. I'm sure they have green cans there. But I don't know if they have, like, jet boil cans or things like that. And See, the thing, I've never been I've never been to ADAC in the summer, and it's a completely completely different place yeah, in the summer. Like, yeah, in the winter, ain't fucking shit. Like, <laughs> you, you, you're, not finding, you're not finding white gas, you're not finding propane. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a store. They don't have a grocery store. They have a liquor store that you can call them to open and pay $100 for a bottle of freaking R&R. But... <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I know, because I think Sam, when she was there, didn't their, their outfitter have some that they could pick up or something like that? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a tricky one. I would definitely call, you know, call and ask around. I'm sure, you know, somebody's going to have some, and I'm sure you can pick some up there. But, yeah, that's a tricky one because you obviously can't fly with it, you know? Yeah. Or even, like, the liquid fuel, like MSR liquid or whatever that you put in. I've never dabbled in the liquid. Yeah. You're like an alcohol stove or anything like that. So, It'll be a new experience. I'll be trying to look. Samantha's dad bought a couple. He got the liquid one, and he's got this prehistoric white gas. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a stovetop that screws onto a green can. Yeah. Badass. Super cool. I was like, what the hell is It looks real top heavy. <laughs> I was like, that looks kind of spooky. But I'm glad he's going to bring it. <laughs> because if we get hosed, be glad to have it. Yeah. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. No, that that's, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, what other gear stuff for ADAC? Anything else you think? Like, um, I may buy another bigger tarp just because it's going to be wet as fuck. Yeah. But besides that, I think I'm ready to go. think I got everything. 90% sure I got everything. Uh, i been thinking about buying a new pair of binos, larger pair of binos. Yeah. A little bigger, go, little like, bigger objective. Okay, go and higher magnification. Because you've got that 8x42. Higher the magnification. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Because I don't want to bring a spotting scope. There's no need for a spotting scope, really. No, you can... You can, you can see, see for forever. So I just want a little more magnification. Yeah. Thinking 10s, 12s, 15s? 12s or 15s. So yeah. I've got that, I think it's the 8, no, 10 by, what is the Maven? Maven has an oddball. 10 by 14 or something like that. What is it? Uh, for the ones you have or what yeah, you're looking the C1s. The C1s, yeah. Those are, yours are 10 by 42s. They're either 10 by 42s or... Eight by forty twos, but I don't think you have the eights. I think I bought my dad the eights. The eights is a size smaller. Yeah, but yeah, you've got the tens. And now I get the B series. The B's okay. Don't want to complain, but side by side, B series 
Better glass. Yeah. Yeah. For $1,000 more. You yeah, $1,000 <laughs> more. Are you kidding me? But it's, dude, they're, I fucking the love them. The series is nice. And one of the guys we went bear viewing with had a bear. I put my mavens out and I was looking at the bear. He's like, whoa, little <laughs> maven, bro. I was like, What's up? And he spends time down like Colorado and Utah. And he's a huge pack rat. Super fucking cool, dude. You, mm-hmm. His name is Joe. Awesome Shout guy. Out Joe. Shout out Joe, dude. <laughs> fucking cool. I told him we'd take him duck hunting. I was like, hell, super cool, dude. Have him on the podcast. He'll talk for fucking ever. Right. Awesome guy. Yeah, tell us about that trip. That was, what, two weeks ago? <sighs> two, three, something like that. Dude, flying, next level. <laughs> I, the trip was awesome. Seeing the bears was awesome. Kind of spooky. Goes against all laws. <laughs> <laughs> all your natural instincts. So tell... uh. Take it all the way back, like explain the whole trip for uh, those who don't know what we're talking about. So you have to you start in by going there and weighing in. You weigh yourself. And this is a, a fly-out bear viewing trip yep. for you guys. You weigh yourself, weigh a bag, because you only take so much on the plane. Because it's a plane, yeah, not a Sean's fat ass can't fit on here. Yeah, <laughs> listen, <laughs> 280. No, I'm just kidding. Buck 75 on a good day after taking a shit. <laughs> you weigh your stuff. Everybody weighs in. Uh, you get on the plane, take off off the runway, dude, unreal, awesome, I got to wear the headset, first time being in a bush plane, not even a bush plane, oh yeah, it's a bush plane, yeah, was it a awesome. six-seater, or were y'all in a six-seater, okay, so that was probably 206, yeah, awesome, that it gives me the fizz, I'm like, I could do this, I hate roller coasters just because I hate the Stomach in your throat thing. Yeah, I, 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 not, I don't even mind that too much. Just not being in control. Mm-hmm. You know, having no control. Like roller coasters, like ugh, ugh, you're getting shaken <laughs> up and just thrown around. No control. Airplane, you got control for the most part. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you were gliding in the air. <laughs> I don't know how it works. <laughs> it's like a helicopter. I couldn't tell you how a helicopter fucking works, but it works and it's awesome. That's cool. That's on the bucket list. <laughs> But you fly over there. We were flying over, I believe it's um, Augustine. Not readout. It's the one yeah, on Augustine. the far left, Augustine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flying over and you're smoking. There's a big, huge, crater. I mean, just huge crater. It's got a big blue, I mean, the, mo- the most beautiful blue cover you'll ever see. It's all snow-capped. That was awesome, dude. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> see where there's been some avalanches and landslides right there. Unreal landscape. Flying over, it's something you have to do even if you just went like sightseeing or flight Flight seeing yeah unreal experience so cool over there and it's a different world over there totally different world we landed on the beach come down just above the tide line passed by a bear that's on the beach he's like looks at us doesn't even run away like holy shit we already seen a bear (laughs) (laughs) we didn't even get out of the plane yet get out of the bear they get out of the bear get out of the plane they land, swing to the side, drifted a little bit. That was awesome. <laughs> Everything about this has been so cool so far. And they're awesome guides, dude. Both of them were named Joe, Joe and Joe. Make it easy. We get out, have the briefing, you know, debrief about what we should do, you know, walking in lines. Because when it comes to midsummer, they start to breed. Mm-hmm. And they're chasing everybody around. You know, big boars chasing the sows around. So you have to walk in a line and stay in a group. Because you don't want a big board to run in between people in the group. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what did you say? I was like, oh, you're going to tell me I'm going to have bears run in between us? Like, we're like 10 feet apart. Dude, it, it was an amazing experience. Go down. We're down on the beach walking in a line, as we're supposed to. 
And we get within, I don't know, probably 40 yards, this um, mama and two cubs. Most beautiful little blonde cubs I've mm. ever seen. Fresh earlings. Yeah, still yeah. the little white collar on them. <laughs> like, whoa, holy shit. And they come closer, and they're digging for clams. And you can see them kind of doing the little pounce, mm. digging for clams. And she's digging for clams, and the little cubs are watching her. And they're watching her dig clams, and they start digging clams. And they're trying to eat the clams she's digging up. So awesome. Super cool. Watching them do that, do their thing, do their little bear thing. And they sat down, laid down, kind of chillaxed in the mud. Super hot day. And so they're rolling around in the water. I was like, well, this is crazy. Went to the next bear. And as we're going to the next bear, we see another bear off to our right, probably 20 yards away, just laying in the mud. <laughs> just is hot, laying in the mud, covered in mud, just laying, sunbathing. It's like, this is insane. This is insane. <laughs> we're just walking past bears. Bears everywhere. <laughs> and I was freaking out, man. <laughs> just minor freak out. And then we go see another sow with a cub. And then we go over the ridge. But before we get, okay, let me just take a step back. Before we got over this little ridge, I say ridge, this is the end of the tidal area where the grass starts. <laughs> Lump. Hump. Yeah. Hump. Hump we can't see over. It's a ridge. <laughs> it's a ridge for an ant. <laughs> yeah. So we get into this grass line, and they see this mom and a cub start walking towards us. The most beautiful blonde bear I've ever seen, and this tiny little blonde cub. And one thing I found out, is they go into, what do they call it? They So they breed during the summer, mm-hmm. but they can, there's a word for it. Um, not be impregnated. So they, by the time you hit the fall time, I'm going to do a horrible job of explaining this. <laughs> by the, the fall time, if they haven't fed, if they haven't feel like they've gotten enough feed before hibernation, they won't start the pregnancy, mm-hmm. which is, I don't, it was crazy. I'll, yeah, horrible job explaining it. <laughs> but they won't start the pregnancy until hibernation. And they feel like they've got enough fat nutrients, enough fat. They'll get pregnant in the den uh-huh. as they hibernate. And then they'll have them sometime during hibernation or whatever. And these little bald sacks of meat come out. Little pups. Or little cubs. and Unreal. Anyways. Starts walking towards us, and we're like, all right, get down, everybody puddle in a group. We're going to hide behind this log, sit down, watch this a sow and a cub come up, and they're within 20 yards, 15 yards of us, just not even giving a care, walking right past us. We're like, oh, my gosh, the most beautiful bear I've ever seen. People's cameras are going, click, 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 like, gripping onto the log. I was like, stop, stop. <laughs> a little freak out. I was like, wow, this goes against Everything I've been told. <laughs> been charged by bears. Mortified. You know, you don't want that to happen. It's it's a scary experience. That's a big animal. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, huge bears over there, too. Just oh, massive. Because yeah. they have all the feed they want. All the clams, you know, fish come in. There's tons of sedge, sedge grass. Yeah. Anyways, walk right past us, right in front of us. I was like, oh, that just happened. That just happened. We go over the little... Knob, grass line, and there's huge sow out there. Huge sow, the biggest bear I've ever seen. And then another set of sow and cubs, two cubs. And a, the one that just walked past us, just down there, moseying around, mowing the sedge. Mm. Like, holy shit. And watching them eat, they eat like cows, man. Not even. They just, like grab onto it and yank it. Mm. Grab and yank. Grab and, and they, yank. They can put the work on some grass. One of the black bears. Uh, from three, has that been three weeks now? Trip I was running, 
regardless, one of the bears, you know, pulled the guts and whatnot. It was like a giant, uh, like, stress ball. Like, their stomach was so full of grass. You could just sit there and, like, play with it. Like, it was... You, it's you like you a use it as like stomach, a heavy, man. like a heavy bag, like a punching bag, just doo, 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 and just all grass, and you know, cut it open and see what they're, you know, it's, you know, smell like basil, smell good. There's mm-hmm. just so much, you know, grass in there. It's crazy. Well, that sedge grass is like super high in protein, mm-hmm. which is wild. It's like one of the highest protein vegetations there is, or something like that. And it was just an unreal experience. We go walk past by them, and they got a little startled, and they stood up. No, the cubs stood up and got startled. Mm-hmm. It was probably a I don't know, two, three-year-old cub, which they have two. between. They usually hold, they'll keep them for two years, usually run them off at like the two and a quarter mark. Generally. Those ones over there stay a little bit longer huh. for some reason. They said they've been getting longer and longer. They've been staying longer and longer. Who knows why? Yeah, yeah. No telling, but there's no collar on them anymore. None of that white collar. Yeah, and they're big. They're yeah. big. I was like, that's no way it's a cub. <laughs> it's a cub. Right. Still hang out with mama. And you get they're saying they're getting stretched out to be four and five years oh, with wow. them. And they're they're full size animals. Huh. Full size bear. I wonder if that's unique to like the Katmai uh bears. Oh over there. yeah, that's where we landed also, Katmai. Yeah. Which they just had a fire over there. Seven thousand acres. Yeah, that's what all the, the smoke haze has been from, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So seven thousand plus. That was the last time I checked. Jeez. But it's all grass over there. So yeah. for the most part. But it just unreal experience. So he stands up. And so the mama immediately stands up and looks around. She's like, whatever. It's just, we've seen them before. And he goes back down to eating grass. <laughs> that was so cool. Um, but, yeah, it's intimidating when a bear looks you in the eyes. You're like, oh, looking through your binoculars. <laughs> it looks at you and you're like, yep, this is happening. <laughs> this is real life. You start to sweat a little bit. Because <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the closest you've been to a brown bear by a long shot, huh? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because y'all got y'all saw some on the Kodiak trip, but nothing as far away as I yeah. wanted to see them. Yep, <laughs> I was comfortable distance for sure. Yep, that was starting to encroach in my bubble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it felt a little uncomfortable at points. Yeah, no, that's but, a cool. I've uh, I want to do one of those trips bad. I was looking into doing one when my buddy gets up here, but well, they just still broke from buying a house. Not cheap. So, yeah, <laughs> not cheap. Thanks, Samantha. <laughs> yeah, thanks, ABA. Shout out Alaska Bear Adventures. Yeah, big shout out. Awesome, awesome crew over there. Oh, so cool, dude. But that was a crazy experience. And going back out, we had a little left time left in the day. We took off. <laughs> Flying around Augustine. It's giving off a little smoke. Oh, dude, so beautiful. That is just the most beautiful country. And I like flying. I didn't like flying before. I saw a Piper like Cub that. for uh, 72 uh, up on the old Facebook marketplace. <laughs> yeah, someday when I have money in a house. <laughs> <laughs> right, house number one. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Dude, speaking of that, I got curious and just seeing what the market was doing, uh, was looking on uh, Zillow and Realtor.com and stuff, just seeing what was available. There's three homes on the Lower Peninsula under $350,000 right now, and they are kind of POSs. There's one cool little spot out in Anchor Point on like 18 acres for like 256, but it's a remote site. But they've got, you it's know. so cool. I've seen it. Yeah, they've got so it set cool. up really well. It's a sweet it's a sweet property, but it's, you know, off the grid, kind of out of the way. It's I more work in the like city. A, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wish I didn't. Wish I didn't have to, but I work in the city. No, it's crazy. The, like, there's just not any affordable housing here. Like, it's... 
I think there's we're not seeing it just here. I think it's kind of and, nationwide, everywhere. Yeah, but and it doesn't help that we live in kind of a luxury. Tour. We live in a tour. destination. Exactly, destination. Like the amount of you know three quarter million to you know million dollar homes, tons of them. You can buy the shit out of those right now. But uh, yeah, that's a little a little rich for my game. I think uh, we're gonna go back to politics. <laughs> <laughs> right, wrong. Uh, I think here soon we're gonna start seeing. Because we do have a lot of vacant homes during, you know, their vacation homes. Yeah. Lots of, we are number three on the list behind Vermont and Florida. No, we're above Florida too. Vermont and somewhere else. Vermont of all places is number one with vacant homes. Yeah. Which is crazy to think They've about. They've got tons of vacation homes. All the people in the Northeast, that's Vermont and Maine. That's where they vacation in the summer. Yeah, for the seasonally part. vacant. And we're number three on the list. And we, yeah. per capita, that's nuts. Yeah. That's freaking nuts. And so I see. I think sometime here soon we're going to see the housing market come down, which is inevitable. By come down, you mean crash, because that motherfucker crash. is coming. Uh, plummet, <laughs> actually. Hit rock bottom, hopefully. Uh, not hopefully. I, don't, I shouldn't say that. For my sake, come down at least a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a lot bit. But I think because the sheer amount of vacation homes we have, people with money won't lose that much money people with i shouldn't say that either cuz we don't know yeah you know that's but a lot of the I, I do i think i see where you're going with it like just a lot of those second third fourth homes people own starting to liquid you know liquidate them have to. move it into you know sell them all they can hold some liquid cash reinvest it in something a little safer stuff like that plus once i mean we're entering bear market territory and stuff you know People are going to start having to, you know, rebalance the, you know, old balance sheet and stuff. And, you know, your fourth vacation home is going to be the first one to go, you know. We are at 0% GDP as of yesterday. So July 1 will be, if we are negative GDP, will be the second month. And it'll be officially a recession. Yep. And I mean, it's... Ooh, just hold on, boys just and girls. Just be ready. <laughs> yeah. That's all you can do. Yeah. Your money's going to lose value. Just be ready. Yep. Hold hold through the hold through it, and you know, keep your job if you got it. Try and get into a stable, you know, recession proof trade of some sort. Find a good stable job and just you know, save money here and there. Invest if you can. Buy the dip. You know, if the housing market crashes, and you've got the means. Buy up as many freaking real estate properties as you can, and yeah, it will. Buy up real estate if you can. Yeah, you know, and at, it's needed. It's much needed, especially here. It's a vacation destination. And you'll see a lot of these Airbnbs come up because no, they're going to be vacant because nobody's going to be able forward to be in them and whatnot. So it'll be blessing and a curse. I think yeah, we'll see a correction here soon. Um, but it's it's squirrely. It's just crazy. Me and Jordan got real lucky with the property. Mm-hmm. You know, we got and just kind of. You know, there's a lot of time, dedication, and hard work put into finding it and being ready to pounce on it, but we got real fucking lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was just crazy seeing what all the, you know, comps and comparables are in, around. Well, and town. you see places in 2018, 2019 that were, you know, you could look at the tax from them, mm-hmm. and usually it's 10%, whatever the uh, the annual tax is, the yeah. property tax. Yeah. So you multiply it times 10. You know, you're looking at houses that are, Hundred seventy five thousand in twenty nineteen that are two hundred and fifty thousand now. You're like, how the fuck did that happen? Two hundred and seventy five. Yeah, well, like that was like the last tax assessment this property had was half of what the current value is, and that was pre remodel. Like 
you know, if I were to put them, put my house on the market right now, I could sell it for triple what it's tax assessment. Most recent tax assessment is. And, but Hey, on the bright side, I pay a really low property taxes. Yeah, <laughs> Your boy ain't going to get that reinspected in no time. Soon. No. <laughs> so I think you'll see a correction here soon, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> our soapboxes yeah. sweating over here. <laughs> yeah. That has nothing guy. to do with your uh, DCS uh, guide jack here. <laughs> it just happened to be in the car. You never know when you need some camo. You never know when you need the old Kuyu. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is, I don't know what it is. Sam's dad sent it to me. It's I think a it's a guide jacket. Yeah. No. Soft shell. Yeah. <laughs> it's good for what it's good for. Exactly. Minivan in the clothing industry. It really is. <laughs> Not awesome. Not awesome. Gas mileage. <laughs> good at any, good at everything. Great at nothing. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm not gonna withstand this. You know, Alaska tsunami in this thing. Oh. So or monsoon, heavy rain. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got our first rain in like three weeks the other Thank day. Thank goodness we needed it. Yeah. Bad. Guess what? Softball field still dusty. <laughs> Dude, it kills me out there. <laughs> not much gets gets to me. The dust gets me hacking. You know. We had a tough loss today. That's why a little late recording. Uh, the old Homer Home Service uh, Nadpoles putting out again. Good game time. Uh, first loss of the se- well, first legit loss of the season. Lost our first game. I wasn't there. That's why. Um. <laughs> I was there. We were down like three people. <laughs> two people in the outfield. We're like, this is fucked. <laughs> but uh, hot winning streak. Uh, just lost it tonight. But you know, it's all good. We'll rebound. We'll rebound. For sure. Get it back. Get it back I, next I week. I wasn't there. Right, Super important. Hold down right field. <laughs> Somebody's got to. Got to keep the grass from growing out there. <laughs> hey, I'm a big fan of picking dandelions. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I was sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got a wacky work schedule. Speaking of that, Wendy, you know, uh, working an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Go by the gas station, get another energy drink or something. Right. <laughs> Oh, anything else on your checklist we got to freaking chit-chat about? Going over China Poot soon. Ooh, there you Poot go. Soon. I'm excited about that. Heck yeah. So, I don't know. I'm thinking about repowering the skiff. Yeah? Save me some money than buying a boat. Also could buy a boat. Get rid of the one I have. It's a decent... I'm going to put new lights on the trailer. It's a great trailer. Mm-hmm. You know, I just need to put new lights, new wiring. That's, you know, take me a couple hours maybe. And honestly, that. that skiff's not a bad... It's not a bad skiff. You just need a you know different outboard on it. Yeah, well, and it was built in the 60s, and <laughs> it's all pop rivet. I've hammered a lot of rivets. I've done some, some. I wouldn't call it flex seal, but uh, <laughs> marine some grade. splash zone. Yeah, splash zone. <laughs> and it's all right. It gets the job done. You know, yeah. I'd, like, I'd want to put a four-stroke on it, make it river legal, and dip yeah. net out of it would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it's a decent little bay boat. You're definitely not going to take it out. <laughs> Nothing crazy. But I've been to Jackaloff. Yeah. I mean, shoot, you throw a decent outboard on it. That's, I mean, that's half the battle, just trusting that you'll get back. You know? Yeah. You can always bail. <laughs> yeah. Anyone sending me a good link on a good, cheap, really good deal, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> if anybody wants to donate an outboard to the podcast, email us at uh, averagealaskanpodcast at yahoo.com. Or uh, DM us on Instagram at average underscore Alaskan underscore podcast. We'll not let down with content. Exactly. We will use and abuse it. <laughs> if you want, send the outboard and a big blow-up picture of your face, and we'll slap it on the side of the outboard. Dude, and I'll put it on the be- boat. <laughs> <laughs> we will get a wrap of your face on the boat, 
And then you will be with us on all of our adventures. Yep. It'll be cool. I'll put lights on. It'll be cool. <laughs> no, see, if I can uh, get the old business to pull the trigger on this catamaran, we'll have a true adventure vessel. and We'll be, be rocking and rolling. We'll be rocking and rolling. <laughs> but I definitely do a lot of duck hunting this fall. Pretty stoked about that. Yeah. Maybe put up a little blind somewhere. Heck yeah, go Super up to the head good. of the bay. Get a little built-in in. Yeah, because you can skiff up pretty far at high tide. Oh, yeah. So to take the channel, get up mm-hmm. there. There's ducks everywhere. Yeah, even if we just wheeler up there. Yeah. Take the old wheelers up. Pack raft. Mm-hmm. I need to get. Uh, I'll pack a raft. I Six know. months out right now. But That's in, not horrible, though. That's usually, their lead times are usually like four months because they build all of them to order. What's that joint and sewer carries them? Uh, they're, uh, they're mainly, the, I think, I believe they're mainly rafting. Yeah, they're like yeah. rafting, mountain biking, kind of the adventure they, sports. Yeah. It's really cool place, really cool A-frame. They're over by that burger bus joint over there, which is really good. Um, haven't done a whole lot of time in Seward. Should spend more time. Maybe I'll go spend 4th of July over there. It's supposed to be a crazy time, 4th of yeah. July over in Seward. Jordan, that's Jordan's favorite thing to do is go to Seward on 4th of July. What are you guys doing on the 4th of July? Are you gonna, What time are you leaving? What day are you uh, I'm supposed to report to Sheep Camp August 5th, I believe. So you'll be here all of July. Yep. I do think uh, I got a... I got recruited to be a part of the Lower Peninsula Firecracker softball team, the second and the third up in Kenai. So I'll probably be doing that, which is that 4th of July weekend. But I don't know, because I don't know. I'm assuming they're going to do it that weekend for the 4th there in Seward, unless they actually just do it on the 4th. And in that case, I would definitely run over there if I can. Because if you're going to be up there, we're probably going to be up there. Mm-hmm. Make there a deal go. out of it. And fish. Yeah. Snag some reds. Heck yeah. No, I'm excited for the run to start hitting the Kenai. I need to go yeah. snag oh, some freezer fillers. Dude, yeah. This year would be the time to free the... F- oh, dude, our freezer went out. Really? Deep freeze. So I got it The one on the in. porch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're those people. <laughs> we have a rental. Got a freezer, deep freeze inside, freezer inside, and one on the porch. So, Which one went out? The one on the porch. Really? Yeah, Didn't you, I thought you just got that one. It is. It was plugged into a GFI. And good old HEA browned out and uh, it popped. And so, who knows how long? There was still a, a bag of ice in there that was still ice. And oh. most of it was still pretty cool, except for some of the stuff from the top layer. Uh, so, we've been eating a lot of caribou. Yeah, just trying to get through it. <laughs> yeah. So, we put the other stuff. We had enough room. We had gone through a lot of our caribou. And so, we had enough room in the inside because we'd gone through a lot of fish also. Yeah. So, Hopefully we got it cooled off. I cleaned it out. There's a big old bottle of blood and water down the bottom. Uh-huh. Cleaned it out, bleached it, wiped it out. So it's ready. It's ready for a lot of fish. There you go. Hell yeah. No, it's coming. We're going to smoke a bunch. We're going to try and, yeah. Dude, I got the stuff. I got a big old bucket, brine bucket. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So I'm ready. I'm pretty pumped. Mm-hmm. The little chief, big chief. I'm big chiefin'. Oh. So, what do you got on the agenda for the summer? How pumped are you? <sighs> I'm pumped. I'm freaking exhausted. So I'm like, dude, I just got to make it through tomorrow. Then I got vacation. Sleep a whole day. Oh, yeah. But no, we're going to. So Friday, running up to Anchorage. Got to get some remodel stuff. Got to get my, got to stop by Barney's. Go pick up my sleeping bag. Going to take my pack in there. Get some fine tune adjustments done. Um, and then pick my buddy up. Come back down. We're fishing that next morning. Mm-hmm. 5 a.m. sharp. There on the Kasilov. We're going to smack that. Then just do some touristy stuff, do that halibut trip, and then for the rest of the summer, it's mainly going to be trying to get the remodel in the house finished before I leave for sheep season. 
which is pretty much done. I just need to do the fucking shower. Um, yeah, I've been without the shower for <laughs> since I bought the house basically two months ago. Uh, but you know, uh, you know what, what's the old saying? The gardener, the, the gardener's garden always has the most weeds, all that shit. So yeah, mechanics trucks always the most beat up. Yeah, truck. yeah, exactly. Dude who does custom showers for a living doesn't have a shower in his own house. Uh, <laughs> I get it, <laughs> but um, other than that, just gonna try and. Take advantage of as much of the sockeye run on the Kenai as I can. Uh, I want to do at least, you know, one good backpacking trip uh, with you and the girls before I leave. Other than that, just trying to get every kind of try and get Jordan squared away before I leave for sheep season. You know, we got to get the chickens out, you know, and their pen finished up. It's pretty much done. We just got to get it finished painted. Uh, Last little bit of the chicken wire and then they'll be good to go out there get the shower done and then the house pretty much done we got you know a couple little remodel stuff that we're gonna do like you know put in butcher block countertops stuff like that some floating shelves but all that's just kind of cosmetic stuff yeah. a couple less lighting fixtures but house is pretty much in good shape i need to try and get some of the clutter around the property taking you know these transmissions rear ends that are sitting out here by the shop hauled off and you know just kind of clean up some of that crap before snow hits the ground but just kind of kind of mentally preparing for sheep season. Super stoked for that. And, you know, three months in the mountains. Going to love it. Oh, gonna it's going to be so awesome. I mean, it's going to be like work. Yeah. But it, uh, right. It's definitely going to be like work. Uh, oh, yeah. It's going to be work, but it's the best kind of work, you know. Taking a big pay cut, which always sucks, especially on the looming forecast of disaster in the world. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. and It's life, man. Oh, yeah. No, but. Life don't slow down for nobody. You know, I'm just, honestly, I'm most, probably most stoked over any, like, all this year's plans is Sam's cow moose tag. That's just going to be a fun, I don't know, it's going to be a fun hunt to be a part of, get to help, just, you know, get Sam a moose. That's so going to be freaking slick, even though, you know, people be like, it's just a, you know, meat hunt. So, yeah, so what? It's fucking Hunts blast. Yeah. <laughs> no, this fall bull season, I'll probably take Jack or my brother or something. There you go. It'll be a good time. Heck yeah. No, it's, it's. We got a good good time coming. You got your ADAC hunt. That's I'm stoked for you on that. That's you're gonna have that same kind of feeling from that like bear flight you just did. ADAC is so cool. Like I don't get the chills from hardly anything. That place gave me the chills the first day. It was fucking cool. That's unreal. It's an unreal place. No, you got to take a bunch of like photos and videos. I want to see it in the summer because that's something. That's a hunt I'd love to get some of my lower forty-eight buddies up to go do because it's a complete. It's a very mild hunt in the aspect of the terrain's not super unforgiving. There's no bears. There's no you know. There's no predators. The biggest predators an eagle. Yeah, which there's a fucking lot of them. <laughs> They're kind of. <laughs> I about had one nip me in the butt while we were over there, but. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just kind of like a, I don't want to say cakewalk because nothing's a cakewalk, but like you don't have those looming fears of, you know, the big boogeyman in the dark and stuff like that. You just kind of got the weird history freaking ghost vibes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's like hunting in a haunted house. It just feels. <laughs> That's ugh. a great way to put it. Dude, it's, it's some about that place. It just, ugh. That's cool. Well, going with Sam's dad, he was there when it was running. Yeah. And he was, you know, worked there when it was running. And was a part of the whole Navy scene over there. And he 
just great stories. He tells all about it when yeah. you're there. And it's, no, I'm and that's excited. the way to do it because I get, you know, we were lucky. Adam uh, from Breakwater Marine, shout out Breakwater Marine. Um, but same way, you know, he was, you know, in the Coast Guard stationed out there back in the late 90s and stuff. And same thing back when it was running, got to see it, you know, shut down and then hunted it every year since it shut down and just seeing it progress, hearing all his, you know, stories of it and just having kind of having a personal tour guide for it because there's so much because once you get there you'll you'll notice it's just a shell of what it used to be there's no you know there's no little informational placards to tell you this is building like having somebody be like oh this is where this used to be this all this building used to house five thousand people now there's five people on the whole island like you know it's just it's it's cool man you're gonna freaking love that hunt plus you know when we went it was just a cow hunt we had a freaking blast killed a bunch of you know caribou but y'all be you know y'all get to go chase the big bulls out there the former world record was taken out on adac they get some big barren ground caribou man y'all freaking six fives can put in work <laughs> the old need more yeah <laughs> need more cream more well speaking yeah. of that you see um ulmer's got some uh bulk five five six and two two three in about time. Yeah. I'm sure it's gone by now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and like, it was it was spendy because, oh, shoot, what were they? Case of the 500? No, they couldn't have been. Oh, might. I don't know. I think the cheapest case was like 600 bucks for uh, the freaking, what, the tool ammo, the old freaking pop metal. Yeah, the Russian surplus ammo. Mm-hmm. And then I think for the American Eagle, it was like, 800 bucks for case of yeah it's steep but it's on the shelves it's on the shelves it's there i've just been looking for some i want to get into hand loading because i've been looking for some six five here in the peninsula they've got the white tail rounds which are like 123 grain but i want the 143 just that little extra bit the eldx's are awesome yeah. honestly them. even those white tail rounds on i mean i I wouldn't blink an eye shooting at one of those caribou honestly like because it's such open terrain you can get follow-up shots on them too and i mean they're gonna you put it through the wheelhouse double long them it's gonna kill them dead as anything for sure but it just you know it's not what i want (laughs) i want it (laughs) oh i feel that you just gotta shoot a man's gun you'll be fine yeah but that's good so awesome i love it no, it is a badass rifle. Yeah. So I'm going to, that's my next purchase. I think, man, I got so much shit to buy. <laughs> <laughs> I keep talking about getting a 300. And I want to get a 300 just to have one. I've got the 338 and the 6.5. And, and I want to get in a handgun. And yeah. Is, Honestly, I'd go, I'd almost go the 6.8 Western before 300. I know. But then you get to ammo again. Yeah, I don't because it used to be a ton of surplus six eight because nobody had the rifles, but I'm sure that's changed here as of recent. But no. that's six eight. That's gonna be my next next rifle I buy because I've got the three thirty eight three hundred, and then the six five will be or the six eight will be my anything that's not brown bear. Yeah, <laughs> truly, yeah. And I mean, you could even with a good good constructed bullet, I'd still shoot. You know, I'd still shoot a brownie with it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it on a brown bear hunt. But if I, you know, I'm on a it, caribou you, <laughs> hunt i run into a mountain grizzly i shoot a mountain grizzly with a no problem when you're on a hunt for something else that's not a bear <laughs> and you see a bear anything's better than nothing yeah <laughs> yo. If i got a 22 in my hand i'm using it <laughs> yo facts good bear. club <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. shit yeah man pretty stoked oh yeah no it's gonna be a good one <sighs> i'm trying to think man i felt like a ton of stuff happened this week but 
It's all blur. Right. Happy birthday, Jordan Raymond. Big 2-4 this year. Congratulations. You're no longer a baby. Um, no, I guess kidding. I'm a fucking baby. <laughs> yeah, you're a fucking toddler. <laughs> I can drink. That's barely. Cool. <laughs> barely. I was talking to the guys at work. They're like, oh, you can go on the beer run. I was like, barely. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You got a much better face of facial hair than I do. So you got that on me. Genetics, man. Yeah. Your boy got the genetics of a fucking sewer rat. Like fucking, <laughs> you got a is, sick, like, nutsack goatee. What was all friggin' Master Splinter? Got the Master Splinter goatee. <laughs> go. Shout out to my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans out there. It's okay, Donatello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, speaking of that, we should go get some uh, greasy pizza because uh, you got work here in <laughs> hour 15. Yeah, I should be there in an hour. Yeah. Start the coffee pot. <laughs> oh goodness well thank you guys for tuning in for another episode no we didn't cover anything crazy but uh you know sometimes you gotta just chew the chew the cud talk some politics talk some current events we got some cool stuff coming up uh stay tuned over on the instagram shoot us a follow over there we're gonna be posting all of our summer stuff on there of course and our upcoming episodes we're gonna get into a lot more fishing stuff we're gonna have some awesome guests coming up for you guys as well it's going to be a good time. It's going to get crazy here coming up, especially, uh, you know, running into July and then the end of July rolling into August. It's going to be real crazy. Going to try and pre-record some stuff uh, for while I'm out of town. Sean will be running the show, doing some awesome stuff this fall for you guys, keeping you all updated on all of that. And I'll be working on a little in the field project for you guys for uh, whenever I get back. So that's a little uh, sneak peek release of that. But it's, man, it's awesome. Uh, Update on some other stuff with the podcast. Uh, Still working on that logo for you guys. I know I promised that like a month and a half ago. I ran into some hurdles on that, just some pain in the butt stuff. And plus time. And it's hard to work with individuals when you barely have time yourself and they don't have any time either. So we're still working on that for you guys. And uh, just kind of pushing forward. We're definitely going to have some more in the field content. Uh, We might release this next week, maybe an extra episode, bonus episode. We'll have some stuff going on and just kind of we'll have a lot of stuff going on in the next week. So don't want to miss out on any of that. So might throw a mini episode in or something like that. But other than that, we're just going to keep on keeping on, you know, you can trust one thing, count on one thing, and that'll be, there will be an episode every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Alaska time for you guys to listen to us jibber jabber about whatever we find important in the world. So we appreciate everything you guys do. You know, it means a ton. If you can leave us a review on whatever you're listening on, give us a like, give us a subscribe, go follow us on Instagram. It really helps us, you know, stay motivated for doing this for you guys. You know, we do it for ourselves, but more importantly, we do it for y'all. You know, if one person gets gets anything helpful out of anything that comes out of our mouths that's what it's all about and you guys doing the simple thing of hitting that five-star rating leaving a review you know telling a friend telling your mom telling your sister whatever it is you know we really appreciate it and like always send us a message over on instagram send us your pictures we'll repost them we'll hype you up we'll shout you out you know that's what we're here for you know and we couldn't do it if it wasn't for y'all you know we don't run ads we just do it for the love of the game and uh you know that's what we're here for so uh y'all keep on stay frosty catch some fish send us out of here sean Later, y'all.